thank you for coming. <clears throat> and uh, so it's yummy, but I've always see your emails like Yamirka. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. Really? And that what was, that's um, I'm gonna botch this Vietnamese. No. no. Filipino. I'm from Cuba. Jesus Christ! So. I was swinging a miss. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why did I think? I don't always well, thought. Well, my yeah. dad's side of the family is from China. Oh, okay. So when my ancestors uh, came to Cuba, uh, it was supposed the last name was supposed to be S U dash I, and they put Y's in everything in Cuba for whatever reason. <laughs> And uh, so they put the Y, so now it's Suyi, but it's supposed to be Suyi. S-U-Y. Yeah. Is that because I'm completely theorizing on my limited uh, knowledge of Spanish? And uh, is that because Y is um, yes? So it's like S-U and Uh, Y uh, and I, sorry? No, there is no like a... (laughs) There's no reason. Explanation. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's not really like... (laughs) something tangible that you can tell like oh this is why i don't know why but it's uh, like you see like old and there was like a full generation where everyone names started with a y really so interesting fact i met a client uh like a year ago and they are from some eastern european country i'm not going to try to remember where they are from exactly and they say that america it's a very uh common name on their country really which i thought like my name was very unique mm-hmm. and it was like very it's not like my sister invented it when she decided that she was gonna they were gonna name me that um because i know another yamircas in cuba but it's very like you only find yamircas from cuba mm. so it's funny with, with my accent it just sounds like i'm saying yeah america <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah america <laughs> <laughs> the accent's terrible for me, like my accident. Um, so we met, should we go way back, funnily enough, from when you did the Tuesday group at Myerson Networks? Yep. And then now it's Kevin. It was Len in between. Mm-hmm. And then we crossed paths again in at the Naples group. Yep. How funny. I know, it, right? It's it, weird. Naples, it's a very small town. Yeah. Like everyone knows each other, so it's uh very hard if you mess that up like everyone will yeah you don't want that you don't want to be an asshole yep. <laughs> you don't want to be yeah on the bad list of naples because it's a very small town um what's the you, population here i'm not sure i haven't looked but meaning like on networking wise yeah everyone knows each other and everyone does business with who they know and who yeah. they trust so you want to be on that good list mm-hmm. for sure. You yeah. want to be conscious about it. Um, when I moved from Miami to Naples, uh, we had a glass business in Miami for quite a long time. And it was interesting because we would put an ad on, an, um, on a magazine. Mm-hmm. And you will know all oh, the magazine. It's, you know, it's publishing today. And you like, okay brace yourself because you're going to get like 10 million calls on the first week and a half of the magazine being out. It was like crazy. Pretty much you need to hire like a call center to be able to handle all of it. And so I came to Naples in 2011 and let's put an ad in the magazine, right? And we put an ad on one of those uh, home magazines remodeling 
type of deals that they have. And we were expecting the same results. Mm -hmm. No one called. <laughs> there was no one phone call uh, on the first week. So out of like, I would say uh, we did it for like three months. I think that they have you in, like they lock you in. Uh, yeah. And uh, probably six calls on the entire three months. Mm. We were like, oh, so what do we do? <laughs> Where to go from here? <laughs> yeah, because that's what you knew, right? So um, it was until we realized, oh, we need to build the relationship and the network around us to be able to uh, make the business successful and grow mm. the way that we wanted. It's, you know, a complete different uh, market Yeah, from 90 miles or 100 miles away. Miami is a, it's only two hours away, but it's a different country over there. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we drive over there, I go to Stace, I'm like, like you know, you, you just, you feel different. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, I haven't even left my car yet, but as soon as I answer it, I'm like, I just feel like I'm going to make mistakes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how well is your Spanish? Like, how well do you speak Spanish? Uh, I'm, I'm on like day 313 on Duolingo. Okay. So, yo hablo español, pero no muy bien. Lo okay. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be part of like, why do you feel like you're making mistakes over there? Because everyone speaks Spanish over there. Yeah. I think I heard Tom Seguros, the comedian, say that. He goes, mm -hmm. Miami isn't America anymore. It's South America. You yep. know, you go through South Beach mm -hmm. and he was walking through. He's... um of i don't know what uh where he comes from exactly but he speaks spanish his, his parents are spanish um or espanol i don't is it spanish and espanol or is it just all spanish people just say that for anyone who speaks spanish uh, pretty much okay yeah so he does that i don't know if he's from latin america or he's from spain but he's like he was just walking down the road and <laughs> he's like probably 10 minutes of walking he goes I haven't heard anyone speak English yet. Yep. Which even the billboards, you look at the billboards yes. and they're in Spanish. Mm. So that gives you an idea that they are not targeting the <laughs> Yeah, they're like, you know what? <laughs> you what is it what is it? Gringos? Yeah. You gringos stay away from us. Yeah. <laughs> they they don't cater to them. Um Is it good did I get it right? Gringos are the white people? Yeah, well, depending on where you go, yeah, I okay. think so. Yeah, um, I don't know all the slang here. I feel like I'm learning not just Spanish, but like all the jargon in America as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Miami, it's a melting pot of mm. a lot of cultures, and you get a little bit of that in every big city that you go. Yes, right. Yeah. Like if you go to New York, you see a lot of Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and people from everywhere. But I think Miami is like that's epic center like you cannot point i think at some point it was like a lot of cubans but that's not the case anymore it's mm. like a lot of different nationalities venezuelans um mm. you may not be familiar with the uh, with the area but when i moved to the states in 2000 and i went to miami of course because it's the natural thing to do <laughs> yeah. um you know doral was a city not developed at all and now i go to Doral and what the Venezuelans have done with the Doral, it's I cannot recognize that anymore. Yeah. It, it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, it's <clears throat> Miami is a weird beast. My friend who lives there, when we visited in 2019, and we've been there since, but he said this, he goes, 
look, Miami is a sunny place for shady people. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and, uh, for sure. Because he was just telling me, he goes, yeah, like, he's got friends where he goes, it just, it's just different over there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a lot of show. It's a lot of pizzazz. That's why, you know, it's more about the things you buy than the investment. Like, you need to be seen. Um so it wasn't until I went there and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's very different. But then you come here and, and yeah, I, I'm telling people about doing videos for their Instagram and stuff. And it's just like, whoa, I've heard about that. Like, I feel like I'm talking about an alien. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when uh, when we were going through the COVID thing, uh, there were a lot of like um, incentives. There's still a lot of incentives out there for uh, different industries, right? Because of the CARES Act and what they did after that. And um, I had people from Miami calling me because I lived there for over 11 years. So Mm. I know quite a few people and I still have some family that um, are over there. And I had people calling me and say, hey, I I heard that the government is giving these loans for this amount. I don't know. Somebody called me $20,000. No. Like, where did you hear? They're giving it to everyone that has a business. No. All right. (laughs) <laughs> there are certain qualifications and you know it, it was just what they were doing over there so yeah mm. absolutely i'm very grateful that i'm not practicing in miami because i wouldn't want to put my license at that risk level yeah <laughs> it was a weird time because i've said this on the podcast before but um i just seem to have timed my move perfect like mm-hmm. i was in australia when it was beneficial and then I moved here and then three weeks later, Australia went into crazy lockdowns. Like I just, my wife and I timed it to a T. Couldn't have been better. Um, where the, Australia shut everything down. And this is why I tell, I told Natalie here as well. Cause she's like, yeah, my, I've been thinking about getting an accountant or like a CPA. I'm like, get one. Trust me, they're worth every single cent. Yeah. And I go, here's a story to illustrate why you should. The first one was, when I was 21, I had an accountant because my mom, my mom just said like use an accountant. And I was like, all right, whatever. My girlfriend did her own taxes. I did the accountant route. We both earned the same on paper um, and we worked at the same place. So basically it was cop- carbon copy. I said to her, use my accountant. She's like 150 bucks. She goes, why would I spend that one to do it myself? That's a waste of money. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> and so tax comes back, she gets it. She goes, I got it back. I got 560 bucks. Not bad. It's pretty good. She goes, what'd you get? Five and a half grand. (laughs) She's like, what? I go, yeah. Are you you happy you saved that 150 bucks now? I know, right? And then the same thing, the second story I told um, Natalie was COVID hits. I hear, similar scenario, I hear that we're getting these, um, they called them job keeper. So job seeker, people who got laid off, and then job keeper benefits for, that was for companies and you're incentivized to keep your staff. Mm-hmm. Job keeper, you got $750 a week to keep, and so that had, but they, you had to, this is where Australia got it right and America kind of, intentions great, execution maybe not as great. Um, America kind of gave the money to the companies. Companies went, thanks, laid off everyone anyway. Australia had, you get $750 per staff member and you have to pay them that full amount. And if you don't, you get find out the wazoo. 
Mm-hmm. So people that were being hit up by their, like say if you got, the only problem that was broken was if people were getting paid 500 bucks, they had to be paid 750. So these people are like getting pay rises. Like it's fantastic. It's huge. <laughs> um, whereas if you're getting paid, say a thousand dollars a month, uh, a week, you would be paid the seven fifty. The company had to pay the seven fifty and then bridge that gap. So it helped a lot of people keep their jobs. Uh, people, then you know, people were exposing their their um, companies that were like emailing them, going, "Hey, we'll give you this, but you need to give us this part back." They were getting fines left, right, and center. So they executed that well. Whereas in the here's what the money's intended for, and we're going to hold you accountable to it. I was a sole proprietor, but I. I set up my business as a company mm-hmm. and then I was an employee. Mm-hmm. So I got $750 a week. I still kept most of my business anyway running, but I was like, this is just an extra an extra $750 a week for me. I did nothing. The accountant was just like, yep, no worries. Here you go. Here you go. So each month I'd get three grand sent to me. I'm like, this is fantastic. And then four months into COVID or so, I get a notification on my bank app um, ATO, which is our IRS, has sent you $9,862. Whoops, this must be a mistake. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I call my accountant. I'm like, hey, do I have to send this back? Like, this is clearly a mistake. And she goes, oh, good, you got it. I'm like, got what? She goes, well, that's an incentive for businesses. Like, they give you 10 grand minus whatever the thing is they calculated. Um, and it's just incentivized for you to spend money. You know, and it's tax free. I was like, great. <laughs> and I, I, and I, you know, so my fee for her in this case was um, two thousand Australian. But I'm like, in even if I back up the whole year again, she's been saving money the whole way anyway. Yep. In COVID, I did nothing. She got me probably fifty thousand dollars in my pocket. I, I, again, I don't think I deserved it. Mm-hmm. But if that's the game, I'll play the game. And yeah. You know, after I told Natalie that, she's like, I'm going to have to find an accountant. I'm like, yes, do it. <laughs> it's not It's not worth trying to figure it out and juggle, you know, jump through the hoops. Yeah, um, like everything, right? You can, you can become an expert of mm-hmm. anything nowadays with the internet being so available and people doing TikToks and YouTube videos and showing you how to do everything. Um, so that's that. And then the second part is um, there's always the bad apples on the professions that, you know, like people uh, get to know and they are not they are not there for you. They are not as proactive as your accountant was trying mm. to get you the money and you didn't even realize that you have been, you know, keeping it the way that it should be so that you could get this money or that, you know, there are accountants that only you get to see them when you have to file the taxes. So um, it is, you know, it is, it is a balance of yeah. uh, people actually receiving the value out of paying the fees. But um, most of the people have the preconception that you go to the accountant just to file the taxes. And if that's the only thing that you're getting, mm. you know, like then, you know, like if you're not picking up the phone like you are and you're not using that accountant, then that's why you get people saying i can do it myself i can yeah. do the same thing right yeah i think i would <laughs> it's funny because i'd be learning stuff and obviously it's there's a lot more information on, on how tax works mm-hmm. coming from america because america is so forefront in social media and content and you know bigger population so i'd hear something about how it works in america 
I called my accountant. I, I reckon I called her probably every two months. <laughs> hey, I heard this. And she goes, yeah, that doesn't apply here. I'm like, ah, all right. I'll, thanks again. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd hear something like, hey, if I did this or that, she goes, look, you can, but that's a gray line. It's, that's like fine line. You, you know, if you go on the wrong side of line, you could be up for big fines or big problems. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying these are things. Right. Be careful if you choose to go that route. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to stay on this side of the line. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, it's like everything. Like uh, I'm all about tax planning and strategies. Uh, that's what I enjoy. Mm. Um, when I get to save my clients money on their taxes or strategizing for whatever they're trying to do, like preparing for a big sale in the near future, you know, things like that and getting it accomplished. I'm all about that. Uh, however, I hear like, for example, uh, somebody came to me from another CPA and they were saying, oh, uh, my CPA told me that I could pay my kid and it's, this is November. And I can pay it from now until December $12,000 because that is the max that it should be paying. I'm like, uh, no, or that CPA is signing that return. I'm not the one doing that. You know, like I, I, my daughter, it's an employee of my business, and um, mm. she handles like postings and admin stuff. But she actually goes to the office. She works. Yeah. She shows up, and you know, I pay her X amount of money, and she's responsible for her savings. She's responsible for her expenses. So yeah, it is a strategy, and it's a valid strategy. However, you cannot come and just pay them at the end of the year unless it's like for a specific project <laughs> yeah. that you're using them. Yeah. Also, a lump sum at the end of the year would exactly. be a biggest red flag yeah. for the IRS. Yeah. Do you want to pay them the twelve thousand dollars on yeah December twenty fifth? It's the end like, of your bonus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there are. Um, a lot of strategies, you just need to plan for it and do it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get in trouble. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's it's just, it feels like it's a it's a game. Mm. Like all of life is a game, but um, yeah, it really is like, all right, if I move this here and I do that here, you know, everyone says it's avoiding taxes. It's like, no, I'm using the benefits that the government is there. Like the government's benefits are there to incentivize more spending. Yep. And so it is really just, I don't know. I think that was the thing that was liberating for me in, in terms of how can I see it like a jigsaw puzzle, which is why it's like whenever, I mean, my accountant was always like, oh, I heard this. And she's like, no. I'm like, fuck, oh, come on, what are this? <laughs> she goes, yeah, that works. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, the government uses taxation to incentivize certain behaviors, right? Whatever they want to promote. Mm. And uh, you just need to know and understand enough so that you can use it in your favor. Yeah. It is there. Um, I, I'm part of this uh, group where we do a lot of like proactive planning and they bring a lot of like the specialists that I use on my planning to the table. And um, we made twice a year. And in one of our meetings, we were going over one of the judges, and I'm terrible with names, so I'm not going to remember the name, but it was a tax uh, court judge. And he would say, I come, um, I come to work every day, and I have two possible ways to get here. One, it's to get this bridge and pay a toll of $10. Or I can go this other route, and I don't have to pay anything. I'm not doing anything illegal for taking the other route. Mm. It is my conscious <clears throat> choice to either pay the toll 
or take the other route, which is complete legal choice. So there is nothing wrong with taking the other route. Yeah. And see, my brain works out. You know what it is? How much is the gas? Like I have to, <laughs> people have heard me say it a million times before. Like I, I, I've looked now at <clears throat> with my hairdressers, my prime example is $10 a day to come to my house. But I know that it's an hour and a half of my time that I'm buying back, but it's not $10. It's like, I'm, it's probably like six to $7 in gas, give or take. So I'm like, I'm paying three to $4. Plus your time. Yeah. I'm paying three to four dollars to buy an hour and a half. Yeah. So it's like all those things, but I can't help it. The second it's you the use way that example, everyone should think. Yeah. And I see it a lot with uh, people, and one big example is retirement planning. Mm. Uh, you, for example, if you're a self-employed individual, you get to do like this SAP, and you can put up to you know every year up to inflation, but let's say like fifty-seven thousand dollars into it, depending on the self-employment income and all that. So it has some limitations. Um, I tell people, well, if you are below a 20% tax bracket, let's analyze this. How much you really, because it's not that you're making the tax disappear, you're just pushing it for the future. Once you retire and you start taking money out of this pot, it's gonna be a taxable event for you. Mm. So what bracket are you gonna be paying it in the future? Mm, true does it make sense for so yeah i i think that way too and i i think that's for the benefit of my clients and i feel like i wish that all my clients will think that way too Mm. and not you know go so distracted with shiny objects or let's (laughs) let's you know let's be analytical of them like how much benefit is really this shiny object giving you is it worth it and you know like um i think it's my role yeah. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine um, a few weeks ago because him and his wife, she does um, realting and he does, um, like he used to do construction, now they flip houses. And he was saying to me about, they were looking at buying something like a Prius or a Honda, like a, a cost-effective car mm-hmm. or a $120,000 Porsche 911 Carrera. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you know that the Porsche is cheaper? She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, it's it's like one of those where it's like six thousand and thirty five pounds, and okay, it's More than just 6, over yeah. Yep. And so he goes, so across five years, you actually we save that on tax benefits, and that Porsche will be cheaper across six years than that whatever car it was. And it was like this for her. She's like, what? You know, because we see people with. Again, like you see someone in a Porsche 911, you're like, wow, they're doing really well. And they are. Mm-hmm. You don't think like, oh, that was the cheaper option. <laughs> <laughs> My husband is the cars guy, right? He's mm. the one always thinking about, let's trade in. I'm tired of this car. I, I don't care what I drive. And um, anytime that he starts like shopping, I won't go with him because I I don't enjoy it. Mm. So he will call me once he has found something that he thinks I'm going to be okay with it. But my first question, and he knows this already, is how much it weights. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I put a, I put a what is it, uh, the Tesla Cybertruck. Mm-hmm. That when it's 6,023 pounds. I was like, cool, I'm putting it. 23 enough. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but that thing goes. It, apparently, it goes from zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds. Yeah, he has a deposit for one Does of he? those as well. The good old $100? <laughs> <laughs> yep. He actually has a deposit from 
way before COVID started. Yeah, it was like 2019 or something. And uh, he makes me, every time that we go to Warside, uh, he stops by and he's like, so where are we now with this? <laughs> he keeps asking and asking. I'm like, okay, one day. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many are on the road mm-hmm. by, the, by the time it's finally out. Because um, I, I, did. He, do you know if he got the single, double or tri-motor? I, I no clue. Do you know how much it is going to be when it comes out? Was it 80K no. or of course it's like 40? No okay. idea. Dead no weirdo. idea. We don't know. Because no. I got the tri. I got the tri motor because I was like, I'm just going to go all the way. Full blown balls <laughs> to the wall. <laughs> thing with Tesla, it's with me anyways. It's like a love-hate relationship because I love them. Mm. However, they are no longer giving you the tax credits incentive for it. Yeah. That other electric cars are. That's the government though, isn't it? Or is that Tesla? Uh, that is the government. It is because it's given on a certain amount of cars. Like you have to, like you get it for the first two hundred thousand dollar cars that you sell. And mm. of course, Tesla it's way over that. While other ones, and you get it for normal, like the nor the full electric ones, but you get it for some hybrid ones mm-hmm. as well. They still have the credit available. So when you look at seven thousand five hundred on credit, which is a dollar per dollar deduction. Mm. So for me, I told him that it's like, depending on your tax bracket, that can be $40,000, $60,000 of taxable income that is wiped out by a tax credit. Mm. So it is very hard for me to agree to a Tesla situation before considering any other electric car. Yeah. But I mean, the pickup, I think it's unique to them, right? I don't know if there is only other pickup electrics out there. Well, the B cup was the, it? The truck, the full tr- oh, the truck. The truck, yeah. The truck is, it just looks cool. Yeah. It looks so cool. <laughs> and how powerful it is. Like, because I had a truck when I first came here and I'm like, these things guzzle gas. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not cost effective yeah. at all. You know, so I, I got rid of that, well, quick as possible. And then we've got a Jeep uh, Cherokee. Thing's mm-hmm. great. Fantastic. But, um, yeah, it's always like trying to figure out those numbers. There's something, because yep. I did three unit maths, engineering, physics in high school, anything that was number related, because I was, I liked that it was, you're right or you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like English or creativity where there's, you know, this person hates it, this person loves it. There's so much gray. Yep. And so that's why I, I initially wanted to be an accountant, because I'm like, I love numbers. I must love accounting. We're hiring. <laughs> <laughs> Problem was I did I did like a, a work experience thing in year ten. I was like I hate it. <laughs> like I'm out. <clears throat> but again, I still jump so far into it because it always like again it's just that it's that game. Like mm-hmm. hold on, so I do this, and this took me a long time to understand too because I used to just focus on how much money I'm pulling in, you know, versus again, like with the podcast, I pay someone to edit the clips. That frees up 10 hours of my life or each week. That's yep. huge. Um, and then I'm just about to spend $3,500 on a computer because I'm like, that will cut out three to four hours a week of exporting. So I'm not even there for the computer half the time, but it's going to cut out. So now I've just bought, what's that, like 600 hours a year. Yeah. Like, you know? So um, that's, I guess, the game of, especially what you do, which is... <laughs> It is that it's constant juggling and figuring out this massive jigsaw puzzle that is capitalism. Oh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> trying to yeah, trying to make sense out of all of it. Mm. Yeah. And so, what type of um, 
what type of people are you really looking for? Actually, I mean, I kind of know what it is, but what you do, but so you're a concierge. Let me get, get straight. Cause I don't, I knowing me, I probably fucked it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, concierge CPA, you know, mm-hmm. just not just anyone. It's more of an extra touch to it. So yes, mm-hmm. extra touch, uh, extra people on your engagement. I always create like a full team of people, depending on what level of engagement you are, um, around you, um, kind of giving the client the ability to decide when, you know, like maybe, um, let's give you a try first, right? And let's just start with the basic levels of services and see what can you do there for me. And once that gets going and you understand more of the concept, then we can move into other levels. Mm. Uh, so that's why I still have those lower level, um, packages, uh, type of deal. Um, it's more for the try on people that, you know, don't understand the concept of what we are creating at our firm. Um, most CPAs, you know, like there is a partner on the engagement and then you have like a staff, but there is no other CPAs or other like big minds around that engagement. Um, we work on a team, Mm -hmm. very collaborative around the client. So, um, it is, it is a little bit different. Um, you have to come to the table with an open mind. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny because every time that I get a phone call, oh, I'm looking for a new CPA to do my tax return. And I respond, that's not what I do. Yeah. Yours like, so it's more like a People bigger jump. picture sort of. It is. It's um, a game plan scenario. It is, it is a lot of planning and mm. the planning can go from a lot of different aspects. Um, it can go to the financial aspect to what is the challenge that you have right now that it's not allowing us to move forward where we need to go, right? Mm. Um, one client that we just did recently, uh, he's on the advisor, like my almost my higher level uh, of advisory uh, services. And um, we were trying to do all this bunch of stuff with the planning and the budgeting and the strategies and getting you to the final destination of the business, which is like hopefully in the next five to 10 years, you know, selling that business. But he was struggling with that keep us with a key position on the company. And that was dragging him back because Mm. he had to fulfill the duties of that key position. And um, he had hire on his own, like four different people and nothing worked. And, um, we finally say we need to come and be part of this uh, hiring team. Mm. And we did that for him. Yeah, wow. Uh, so you wouldn't expect a CPA to do that, <laughs> no. right? Uh, it was just like, we understand you, we mm. understand the business, and we understand why are you not being successful on mm. this hiring process. And um, so far, it's working really well. He mm. found, he filled the position, and it's it's going well. So now we can concentrate on, okay, let's, let's go back to the original thing and, you know, diversified and what is the goal and what is the next step that we can move forward. But, uh, we can be an advisor on different levels and we do have the resources to bring to table that, you know, can fulfill those needs at different type of, um, engagements that you wouldn't expect at a CPA level. Yeah. Okay. makes sense too, because. At the end of the day, their success is your success as well. Yep. Which, yeah, it makes 
it is funny when you see you hear other businesses and they're like, well, we just do this. It's like, well, dude, if you can, you know that again, you help, you get help back. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, so with like, who are the type of people you're looking for exactly? Our ideal um, client, it's somebody that realized that, you know, like they have the, a successful business, but they are to a point where to move forward or to get to the end game, whatever that is, a succession plan with a key employee or somebody of the family or selling the business, uh, they need that extra advisors on the table. So mm. instead of like going out and trying to hire a CFO, and trying to hire like full-time CFO and trying to hire like a full-time board of directors, you can have us. Yeah. That is the, that is the ideal client. And the feedback that I get from most of the clients that are at this level with me, is like, oh, you don't charge me enough. And I feel like <laughs> I am, you know, like, it's just the value that they perceive from the services that they are getting. Yeah. Well, that's the benefit with what's happening now with it feels like everything becomes more compartmentalized. So you can build a business without really having the traditional core stuff. Like like you said, you don't need a CFO. You need an accounting firm that acts as your CFO. So instead of you having one person who charges, making numbers up, 250 grand a year. Mm -hmm. Now you've got 50 people with 50 different ideas, 50 man hours per hour of the day that charges $50,000 a year. I mean, I'm making those numbers up, but you know what I mean? Yep. It's the same with, you know, that's why with what I'm doing with editing, I'm outsourcing, even though I I, I do video production, I, made, I hired an editor. Now, yes, she's part of my team, but then she has a network of people in the other stuff that she's doing while also editing for someone different. So she learns from him, comes to me. Um, then as I, you know, want to build something else i don't try and look particularly for hiring a person it's like you know if i can outsource um the ads part all right who's a good team that i can use i can do the creative here you guys go you guys tell me what works and we work together mm -hmm. versus trying to hire someone full-time someone full-time yeah and it feels like it's going that direction now with business a lot a lot because you have the uh, the workforce, it's in a mm. complete different mindset. No one wants to work anymore, nine to five. And also no the one, internet though too. Yeah, no one wants to be at an office mm. constantly, right? Uh, they wanna manage their own time. They wanna uh, have the freedom. So you can still offer that and now they're not your employees any longer. So yeah. you that's, you know, take advantage of, that's what people want, perfect. Mm. They don't care about a retirement plan and a pension anymore, or they don't care about benefits anymore. They they figured it out on that part on their own. Yeah. Be it, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, and so, cause you can operate anywhere in America, technically, correct? Yep. Yeah. Cause that'd be a cool thing. I mean, we've discussed as well with uh, the content strategy for you guys that again, with the internet of you can be hired by someone in Arkansas or California. So the, I, this is what the cool thing is with, with hiring, for example. Um, I mean, with my business, I fired the guy from Atlanta that I never met mm -hmm. and hired a girl from Miami who I've never met. Yep. You know, like, <laughs> it is, like, you know, and the, and the beauty of it, it's like now you're not limited to the region talent. 
Mm-hmm. So, for example, the the business uh, lawyer that I use for my high level cases, like I have relationship with a few uh, local lawyers that I do, you know, like all the operating agreements of the world, like the, all the standardized type of stuff. But if mm. I want somebody to deep dive and something that needs a lot of like, you know, expertise type of case, he's in Vegas. Mm. And, uh, you know, that we're going through a rebranding on the firm and bringing new partners, things like that. He is handling all of that for me as well. Yeah. Because once you get to work with him, who was a CPA, decided to go into tax law. Then he has practiced for a number of years in corporate law. And he has an estate and trust background. He's a pretty complete type of guy mm. that I don't need to be worried. Like uh, I, I deal with another uh, local lawyer and she was doing this deal for one of my clients. And when he came back, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense from the tax standpoint and mm. then i have to call the lawyer and be like what are we doing here you know you're creating a taxable event for this client which we shouldn't have and mm. i don't have to worry about that with him because he yeah. understands every single part of the puzzle so mm. why would i use somebody else yeah and also i guess as well like instead of having a cfo in this example using you there's also again now you've got your network to find other people Again, and then if you don't know the right person, you ask your team of however many people who they might know something exactly. else. Exactly, It's like that trickle down effect where, yeah, it, it's, it's a cool shift that seems to be happening in. I think it's for a lot of the client's benefit, the business owner's mm. benefit, because what I have seen when I come to the accountant, right? I don't come from like to be the advisor, like these people get intimidated. Uh, let's mm. say I have worked with uh, clients that had a CFO and had a controller and had a full accounting department in place. And instead of embracing the idea, I feel like the CFO created a barrier mm. where he was like, you know, I don't want to get fired type yeah. of deal, right? Why wouldn't I be the one bringing these resources to the, because you're just one person yeah. that you're just working for one company and it's a complete different, let's, let's be your back office, let mm-hmm. uses and, uh, most, like I would say, 90% of the time, they would put like a roadblock. So they wasn't, they were not thinking about the client. They were not thinking about the client's business. They were mm. thinking about themselves. And it's the nature of humans. Yeah. yeah. I see it all the time too with financial advisors. When I get a referral from a financial advisor for a client, more often than no, the financial advisor, it's the point of contact for that client. It's the, And then things happen because there it's miscommunication, right? Mm. It, why are not we having meetings with you on the client when you, you know, none of that happened. What they do, it's like, oh, here are all the consolidated 99s prepared this tax return. Well, something new happened during that year. We don't know mm. who would tell us, you know, things yeah. like that. It's, it's not for the client's benefit uh, when the advisors around them don't want to work on a team. Yeah. That, and that's the tricky thing with maybe actually now we're speaking about it. That kind of is the benefit, I guess, of being able to outsource because you're judged purely on your results. Mm-hmm. Whereas an employee, the new shift with the internet right now is terrible for micromanagers. Mm-hmm. Terrible. You know, like I, I get that with, um, I, I do stuff for my father-in-law with, with his business 
because he doesn't see me work mm-hmm. he doesn't get it so he's like i don't know why i'm paying you i'm like your social media is up five ten thousand percent like that's <laughs> you know he's like but and like obviously when it, when he looks at me i'm not talking to anyone i'm on my computer now and then sure i get distracted i'm like swipe and i'm like what am i doing put it back down like but I go, the numbers don't lie, you know, like your, mm-hmm. your five-star reviews because he wanted me to inc- improve his um, SEO, which mm-hmm. I'm like, SEO is kind of funky still. In my opinion, it's more about attention. And that's why social media interaction is the best way to improve your SEO because people are always collect- connecting. But part of it also is your um, reviews. I got his five-star reviews from the start of Jan- uh, the end of January 78 to it was at 78 and that's the last what 15 20 years it's at 156 oh wow in four four months was that three four months mm-hmm. um and they're detailed it's not like there's a few just five stars and nothing there's probably like six everything else is freaking novels yeah of explanations um and Granted, like, look, I wasn't the one getting them, but what I did to build the system was I, and this is like, it's again, what you said, well, what you were saying with your, what you do, I came in for one thing, which is videos. Couldn't help myself, but be like, hey, this needs to improve, that needs to improve, this, like, this needs to streamline. And so we, we I was like thinking of the customer's point of view, because before it was like, all right, you just got to do these four steps and you can leave a review. I'm like, four steps? Yeah. No, <laughs> make it one. And so... I this whole thing with like a little pamphlet sort of printout with a QR code, a face of the technician. So they all had their personalized ones. So it makes it personal with the person or the customer and then a blurb. So, you know, when you're reading it and there's a photo of someone, you read it in their voice. Yep. Um, and then that QR code went to the website. So we capture them in their, in the Facebook pixel so we can retarget them if we want. And then it's one click up pops Google reviews. So it's scan, tap, click, boom. That's yep. it. Um, and in that, like, our goal for the year was to double. Um, ready. <laughs> we secured it in seven weeks. Like, they've got 96 reviews in the last 10 weeks. Oh, wow. 96. <laughs> wow. I think one four-star and everything else has been five. Oh, wow. And, but again, that was just... I couldn't help myself but get involved in that because I'm like, this is how you do this. Um, but he's funny because he is a little bit of a micromanager hmm. or or it's out of sight, out of mind. And then later he's like, why am I paying that? Because obviously I'm his son-in-law. I'm always in conversation or, you know, through the wife or whatever. But I'm like, Steve, like we secured a four and a half thousand dollar termite job yesterday. And she said it's because she looked up the reviews. And she read him. She was like, when the guy, when the technician said it's, you know, 40, 4,100, sorry. She was like, cool. And so he, that's how I found out because he called me. He goes, dude, everything you're doing is insane. Like the technician was like, he goes, that was, I didn't even sell it. Like the reviews sold it. Yeah. And I was like, great. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't remember how we got onto that, but <laughs> we did. Um, so what's... You've currently actually you've just rebranded because I know whenever I email you I say Sui CPX I never can remember. Yeah. What's the new name? Because you just partnered with Kevin, correct? Yes. 
It's Siba, yeah. CPAs, and consultants. Siba, CPAs, and consultants. Siba's yep. nice. Siba, it's nice. It cost me a lot of headaches with the DBPR to get my license approved. Mm. Uh, Why Siba? Was there any reason behind it? Siba is a tree. Okay. Uh, so it is a, a tree that it's from the Caribbean and... Um, in Cuba, for example, that's where I got the idea. And then I learned more from other cultures about it. Um, hey, Seb is very similar to Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like an idiot that's just saying that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so Seba, it's uh, a tree in Cuba. It's a very big tree, right? Mm -hmm. It has like these deep roots. And um, when we were having like a hurricane or anything, like your grandmas, the, the moms would tell you if anything happens to the house, you go to that Siba tree because that Siba tree is a standing there. Mm. So it, <laughs> it, it represented security. Uh, it represents, you know, like it, it will always bring, bring shadow. Like it's a huge, very, very full type of tree. Mm -hmm. um, so I, when we were trying, when we were going with the marketing agency about the strategy of like a name, I'm like, I, I really don't know what, like, name, you know, like, you see every other CPA firm and it's like everyone's names on the wall. And I did want it to change it. So not only because bringing new partners, how many names are we going to have there? Mm. But like, um, also, I wanted to find like a thing that represented more than the partners and um, more because we're a team of people working for you. And um so when we're talking about it, they were like, okay, so think about something. Uh, what does uh, the firm represent to you? And I'm like, I, I want my clients to feel that, that we're there for you no matter what, that we represent stability, that we represent that secure place that you can go whenever you're facing a challenge. And so we come up with the name. Then I went to Cancun on a vacation and they have Siba trees over there. Mm. And I learned that the Mayas used to call it like the tree of life. Because it was uh, the the roots were so deep that they thought that they they, they were you know like uh, going from the under yeah the underworld underworld and it it grows so high up that then it will take you all the way to heaven ah. so it was kind of interesting when we were doing all that like learning the religious and uh, the different cultures um, approach to the Siba tree. And I felt like, you know, it was it was a good fit for what we wanted to do with the firm. Yeah. So many layers to that. I was just thinking like <laughs> plant a tree and plant a seed and invest. And like. grow with us. <laughs> so I did a presentation um, recently. And um, of course, everything that I do with Suyi, it's white and black. So now the Siba tree, I didn't give up all the white and black, but mm. I put like a little bit of gold in there. So um, the presentation is with different color schemes. And uh, the first slide was like uh, like two hands with a tree. And it says, come grow your business with us. Mm, I like it. Yeah. Little. I think it has a lot of potential. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. Humans, we want stories. Yep. Everything's about a story. Um, I literally speaking with Sid about it because Sid, who was on just before he does um he helps with public speaking and so, yeah stories it's uh they're the hardest thing to master but the most powerful yep 
And that was something because at the beginning, when we first, when I first came up with this Siba tree, uh, I say I like what it represents, but no one is gonna know what mm. Siba means. And that's what it happens with DBPR. They were calling me back and sending me emails saying the name is deceiving, and I'm like, what do you mean deceiving? <laughs> and he and, and finally somebody said, well, no one is named Siba at the firm. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, that's the prerequisite for all CPAs, is it? Like the companies have to have a exactly. name. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, it's a tree. <laughs> like it's there deceiving. is not different if I want to say like Oak CPA or, you know. Could like, you imagine if that was other industries? Like someone makes like Nike. Sorry, there's no one named Nike. Did you mean Mike? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that is so, isn't that funny how. It, like it's a certain industry how people want to pigeonhole or pigeonhole 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 something yep you know like this is how it is mm-hmm. and that's how it always will be yep it's even something like a name yep isn't that it, is funny it was literally like we wanted to do the rebranding for january mm. I, we thought like okay we're gonna see every single one of our clients so let's let's get it out there and we couldn't get the name approved until like beginning of March or something like because that because it was deceiving because it was deceiving <laughs> and back and forth <laughs> and Kevin was taking care of it yeah so he's like sending letters and this and that finally I'm like I'm gonna get involved and of course I'm girl I'm Hispanic so I play like all the all the cards that I have oh, there, like all my minority cards it's <laughs> <laughs> racist and I'm like <laughs> the racist card i put everyone in there so uh funny enough they gave us the license i think you're a white supremacist (laughs) (laughs) they gave me the license and um they didn't even send it to me so i had to go and get it from the website this is because you're a man i can tell Oh, that's great. See, I'm screwed. I'm a white male. Like, I, got <laughs> I, I, I could probably play racist because I'm like, I'm Australian. You're like, you, I don't know. I got you, nothing. You have not a lot going for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it runs with that Louis C.K. joke where he's just like, white male, can't hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. I, I'm so impressed you played that card. <laughs> uh, I literally, it was like two months into this. Mm and I'm like, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I'm, I am I was sick in the middle of season. And I'm like, I'm taking care of this. And mm. sure enough, few, a week later, we look into the website and it was approved. They never send you a letter saying you have been approved or Passive anything. aggressive. <laughs> I, I'm like, whatever, lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is, that is so fascinating that, yeah, they were, the, the, the fact they couldn't grasp the concept that maybe you don't want your name on something. Mm-hmm. Like just, yeah. It's well, it tells you about the profession, right? How inside of cookie the Cookie cutter, yeah. Yeah, it is. And um, I think I have going for me that I was a business owner before I became an accountant. Mm. So I try to, you know, like think different. Yeah. If you look at CPAs. No personality, you know, like it's mm-hmm. ve- it's a very <laughs> you you look at them and they don't they talk to you and they don't look you in the eyes. And yeah, they are afraid to tell you how it is. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's good because that's one of the things I tell a lot of people. Um, with all of them, like, figure out what the industry, um, 
Oh, what is it? Stereotypes. A stereotype's there for a reason because that's been the majority. Figure out what that is, utilize what's useful, and just get rid of the rest. Yep. Um, that was, so, like, usually what I say to clients often, I'm like, why don't people trust your industry? Address that straight away, you know? Um, I did that with Dr. Michelle. Mm-hmm. I go, most people think your stuff's kooky. So that's going to be your first sentence in your welcome video on your page, which is she. her first sentence isn't, hi, I'm Michelle, I do this. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I've already checked out as a viewer who doesn't, like I've got zero interest as a viewer. But if, you, if what she did, which was most people think that naturopathy is a, a hocus pocus form of medicine. That's the first sentence. And so you'd be like, either you go, yeah, it is it. Yeah. yeah, or no, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. But either way, you're going to listen to a bit more. And then she sort of, you know, explains how it works. But mm-hmm. you've ac- it's an accusation audit, <clears throat> which is I know what I'm going to be accused of. So I'm going to audit that now by saying, hey, this is what you probably think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same with what do people expect from CPAs and accounting? Just do it slightly different. You've already put yourself above the rest, you know? Yeah. That's why <laughs> with, with my doing what I do, which I'm like, hey, make content for your business because of that reason. I was doing it, but trying to juggle as well that plus find clients so I can, you know, pay my bills that I end up going to a point, you know what, stuff it. <laughs> Screw the bills for a second. I'm just going to reinvest everything. And I've got two, three videos a day coming out Yep. because that was the one thing I, I, I couldn't stand to see, which was all these companies in the area, you know, you should be doing this post and this and that. I'm like, okay, one, do you do it? And then you go to their page, they barely do it themselves. It's like, say as I do, not as I, sorry, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Or they're doing it and the results aren't that great, you know? And <clears throat> which makes me concerned because I'm like, oh, hold on, you're not really testing this. And I saw that with the pest control with their videos, their, their, the guys that were doing their posts. I was like, okay, these guys are charging you. They're doing the thing, which is posting. You guys have 11 to 20 impressions a month, or sorry, a week. I get involved in the first month. I mean, yes, we had a paid component as well, but with engaging you know, a video, they went from... 10 impressions to I think it was about 7,000 impressions oh, a week. Wow. Like not even a little jump. And that funny thing was that was me just applying probably three hours of work, not mm-hmm. even, which is again why he was like, well, I don't see why I'm paying you. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I didn't do a lot in terms of what is perceived effort, but your results are through the roof. Yeah. Um, and I'm noticing that now with – uh, what we do, we're testing stuff with the new YouTube shorts, which is basically YouTube's um, thing. Have I ever told you this? With like, It's their version of TikTok. Yeah. I'm noticing now, because we've been doing it for the podcast every single day. There is one clip every single day. The beauty is you can schedule it. Um, I'd have one pop off now and then. Some of them get like pff, 10 views, but then one will pop off and I'll have like 2,000 views. I'm like, all right, cool. And then three days later, you know, it'll be like zero views, 10 views. Again, one will pop off. I'm like, okay. Now, because we're getting more consistent, the popping off is kind of happening every second day. And so the channel's only a month old. 
but it's had 17,000 views and 110 hours watched. Oh, wow. You know? Um, same with Instagram Reels. We're testing it. All right, what times, what days? All right, cool. Like, I posted a reel. I've been posting my reels at 7 a.m. They were getting about, you know, 1,500 views. Okay. Posted it at 9, so it's 6 a.m. at the east, um, west coast. I need my compass for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're getting, you know, three and a half to five. Posted it at 10 today by accident. Wasn't even on purpose. I thought I posted it to close, like it was started the um, sort of downloading part onto Instagram. Closed my Instagram, went back up on 10, 10 a.m. and then it finished it. It's had like 200 views. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> but I learned something, yep. you know? Um, and also it doesn't matter. It's like, all right, cool, whatever. But I can... I delete that post, I repost it tomorrow. Yeah. That's the cool thing. And then I was saying to Stace, and this is where I think we've said, you can start overlapping your stuff. Yours is kind of unique because some of it might be time sensitive. Some of it might not be. Um, you can start after a while. So now that we're like a month in, so I've got 30 clips already. <clears throat> some of them are timeless, um, but I'll start posting two a day in month two. And having a little bit of overlap. Uh, and then after a while, I can have three a day, you know, stuff that doesn't really matter time wise. Mm -hmm. But now I've got that content going out. And we're also still along the lines, like figuring out and fine tuning, okay, what's working, what isn't working. Um, sometimes you don't even know why. Mm -hmm. My editor messaged me yesterday. She goes, So just curious, what duration seems to be popular? Uh, so I have a look at it. I'm like, Nine seconds, 56 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 10 seconds. It's across the board. <laughs> like I said, that stat, we have no idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the thing where I just said that. I found it so weird that me being different was me doing what I'm telling you you should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> like that. But I, that was just my own, like, again, I hate being a hypocrite. I hate do as I say, not as I do. Mm -hmm that I just said, you know what, I have to take the short-term hit financially where it's, you know, I'm reinvesting 50% of what's coming in, but I know it'll pay dividends. And same with your stuff. I love that the name is, for starters, I find it hilarious that they found it weird that it was not a name, but I love that. And the fact you've got a story behind it too. Like, did you use, was that your thing or did you use a marketing company to help develop that as well? I used a marketing company mm -hmm. uh, to help develop. I, I actually used two different marketing companies. Um, one, it's part of that, that network of people that uh, work with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have their own marketing team and I can use it. It's not for my clients, but for me personally, since I'm part of the network, uh, I can use it uh, very affordable. So I use them to kind of like develop colors and the name and, um, and you know, like the logo, things like that. Mm -hmm. They will help me out with it. Um, and then I use um, somebody else uh, to come up with a strategy of how are we doing the rebranding, what it's first and other part of it uh, yeah. as well. What was the process of that? Because um, my process is super different because it's, it's fast paced. Mm -hmm. So I've never really been involved with a full rebranding before. And this is obviously completely different to a, a CPA accounting, but I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> what was the process of that? Cause you, the original goal you said was January. Yep. Obviously. We started in October. 
It's October. Okay. Talking about it. Um, in October, I started saying, I see a lot of my clients that build these businesses and they build the business around them. Mm. So when you remove them, the business is gone and there is no value, mm. right? And um, there is a destination to every business. Even if it's closing the door and shutting it down, you need to understand where you're going. Yeah. Flexible, right? You need to be flexible to get there, but you need to understand, hey, my plan is to sell the business or I think that my kids are gonna inherit it and you know, and, and do it this for generations to come or key employee type of succession plan or I'm just gonna work until the day I die and then I, people can figure it out after, right? <laughs> it's none of my business anymore. But um, so I said, you know, like, um, I want to build this and I want to build it as a brand and I want to be, I want to build the business as more than yummy. Mm. Uh, I would love to offer kind of like a, a safe thing for CPAs to come in and either work for me on that contractor capacity where we can show them this is what you should be doing and this is how you should be treating clients. I would love for clients to get more of people that care mm. and want to do the right thing and want to understand your business and want to help you build it um, and they're passionate about it versus that people that don't like the profession and mm. they just do it because it's we have a very low rate of unemployment and um, you know like uh, they made it to partner but really with no proper training to get there and so anyway so I would like for this to to be more than just me yeah in the future so that's how we become a team to get to the table and I realized like hey we're building this we're getting a lot of traction a lot of success and what we're doing how can I just not do it where people are calling and say I want to call I want to talk to Zui mm. you know there is no more Zui there is the firm and the same level of service th that they're going to get from me they're going to get it from my staff they're going to get it for uh, my directors they're going to get it from anyone mm. that they need to talk to yeah and you'd still be like the the captain of that ship <clears throat> like um for a while too because I've, I've seen a lot of the humans now where businesses used to be able to really hide behind the brand, social media has made it more personal, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. So like you've got Gary Vaynerchuk, he's the lightning rod that pulls people to the firm of VaynerMedia. Um, you know, they, they come across his content where he's talking about cards, like trading cards or whatever. And then they find out like, oh, you have a, you have a, production, co a production company, you also have uh, a ad agency, all right, l tell me about that. So he directs them to the right people. Mm -hmm. That probably could be a, the the great next step for you for the next, you know, however long where it's, you know, you or Kevin or you and Kevin are the lightning rods mm -hmm. and the captains that then it's like, yeah, you pull people in direct. Cause that's yeah. my strategy with this where again, at first I was thinking, all right, I'm going to do the videos, edit and all that. I'm like, no, 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 I need to be the lightning rod. Yep. And again that's the goal be the most known person in southwest florida so that you know people go oh yeah you're an expert in southwest florida cool here's my team yeah 
Yeah. To- yeah, that is the idea. That is mm. the idea to make it where um, everyone recognizes the brand. But of course, we also have our own personal brand. Yeah. But separate from the brand itself. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, what is it? Attention is the currency these days. Mm-hmm. It's all, it always has been, I think. But, um, social media, internet, I hate the, the word social media has really just been, it's been bastardized. It, <laughs> I hate the word now. Like, Stace is doing something with her thing, uh, cause she does relationships and, she's like she sort of helps women with relationships and stuff like in that nature but then when our relationship wasn't picture perfect like as in nothing wrong or nothing even uncomfortable bit mm-hmm. she had a real issue and i said kept saying to her i'm like you know that's a that what a relationship is it's if it's always good it's bullshit yeah. <laughs> um and our first this video she's finally coming back I, your thing is you need to lean into how the internet and i say the internet because that just sounds nicer instead of social media the internet skewed your relationship perception of what is real mm-hmm. like everyone talks about body issues and like you know our because the girls are always taking photos or the guys are always taking photos in the best light versus like the camera's off and it's like, oh, relax. <laughs> yeah. Um, the same thing is happening with relationships and it was affecting Stace because, she, you know, she'd see picture perfect moments mm-hmm. or curated and all that. And um, yeah, I said to her, I'm like, lead with that. Be vulnerable, show that part and show that, you know, like, yes, we've got, we've gone through a lot of weird, unique things. Like we've moved to the other side of the world in the middle of a pandemic, starting a family and me starting a business with no connections at the same time. Yep. <laughs> um, and then mixed with all that stuff and then having you absorbing all of these things of happy relationships and people that she, like friends that she thought had like, the crazy sex life. After two years of seeing the cycle of new guy, old guy, new guy, old guy, she's like, huh, that actually isn't what I want. And so I was like, you know, the internet warped her. And I think to relate this to, I guess, maybe how it would help you with your stuff is by showing the rawness in your content, versus like this is just how you make a lot of money yep you know which is again because the internet is where every human's a fraud to a degree you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like if shit's if shit's going on at home you don't when someone asks you how you are depending on how well you know you're not going to be like well you know i had a fight with my husband the other day like no the same's on the internet we don't we don't we always push just the great stuff i think it's really cool too if um there's lessons that you share um, along your journey where a mistake might have happened. Because the thing is, and this is where it terrifies businesses, you're worried that we're worried that people, when they hear us talking about our mistake, means like they're going to be, oh, so you're not good at what you do. Mm-hmm. The opposite happens because if you're telling about it and what you learned from it, they're going to be like, oh, cool, they're not going to make that mistake with me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's terrifying to businesses for yes. you know um so 
that was that, that long-winded story. Ended up getting. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with I've got questions actually because you said you came. Wait, you moved from Cuba, or I, you are from Cuba? I am from Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, I I live in Cuba until I was eighteen. Then mm. I moved to the states. Um, and eleven years I live in, in Miami. Miami. Yep. And then I moved here in two thousand eleven. What's Cuba like? Well, um, I haven't been there. I have been there in the in a period of twenty two years. I have been there twice. Mm-hmm. And I tell everyone, um, it was um, sweet and sour to me to go to Cuba because the first time that I went, and that was not my decision. That was the government decision because uh, you came from Cuba when I came. And uh, you immediately had some sort of papers. So I asked for a permission to go and see my mom that was living in Paraguay at the time. Mm-hmm. And I had the hardest time to come back to the United States. Like they they wouldn't allow me to go inside of the plane. They thought really? that the papers were fake. And I'm like, I'm never getting out of the country again until I finally get my citizenship. Yeah. And um, and this was in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, on the airport in Sao Paulo. They were giving me the worst hard time to get me inside of that plane. Mm. And um, and I'm sh- showing them like credit cards and things and pictures, everything. And um, anyway, so I got scared, and I'm like, I'm never leaving the states again until I finally get my citizenship. Well, it took me almost four years for immigration to process my green car, which usually wow. they process uh, like in a few months. Mm. And it took me four years. By the time that I got my green car, uh, I was due to apply for my citizenship. <laughs> so I did that. And um, and then I was pregnant with my daughter. So anyways, by the time that I was going to visit Cuba, I, I it was seven years after mm. the first time and um i got there and it was 10 days and i had all these memories right from when you were a kid and and everything was so uh, tiring and mm-hmm. uh, and so the same like the same people that i left sitting in the corner of my house mm. when i left seven years ago they were still there. Yeah. Same people. Wow. And there is no future. And you see part of your family there and they think they are living okay. Mm. And it's not okay. So I cried a lot during those 10 days that I was in Cuba. And I'm like, I I, I can't come back. Mm. So had to go back um, like two or three years after just because I was on the process of bringing my sister with her family to the United States. And... Um, so I had to go back to bring some paperwork and I, I went for three days, including the day that I flew in. And oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so literally I just went for the day that I had to do some paperwork and left. Yeah. And, um, and then after that, I have not been in there anymore, mm. but I do have family there, uh, not close family, like cousins and I keep communication with them. Yeah. Um, and Cuba, it's more of the same. A lot mm. of excuses and nothing happens. And um, and it's very sad to see like an entire country so isolated. Yeah, because when do they open back up like that standoffish thing between America and Cuba? That was recent, a few years ago. Were they open travel? 
they opened travel uh, with Obama and they, they shut it down again with Trump. Oh, really? Yes. So oh. Americans are not allowed to go in unless it's like for a certain type of like cultural exchange or okay or if you're going for like educational purposes or mm. charitable purposes like that type <clears throat> of deal that's how americans are getting in now yeah uh but there is no like open travel between cuba and the united states anymore. really because i know everyone was really concerned when, when it opened up i had a few friends go because mm -hmm. they're like we want to get there before it becomes america like obviously Opens up within a week, you go to McDonald's, a KFC, <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and they said it was really eye-opening. It was like a time warp, um, you know, cars from the 60s. Yep. And so, wait, so how many years were they open for? A few for, years. For two, I, don't three? Think, I don't think it was too long. I yeah, don't think it wow. was for too long. And so um, growing up, was um, did you always want to come to America or no. was it? My family, I was actually very involved with uh, the government. Um, my mom was always like the rebel of the family. Yeah. So anyway, so I was starting to be a professional ballet dancer. Okay, cool. So um, I was studying that. So you, you couldn't really travel in Cuba and that profession would allow you to go out and, you know, meet the out world. Out of Cuba, yeah. yeah. And um, so that's what I was going to school for. I actually graduated. Um, then I had this boyfriend since I was a little girl. Da, da, da. And we grew up together, like being girlfriend, boyfriend. And when I was 16, his family had the opportunity to come to the United States. So they did. Mm. So we keep in contact and he will always be like, oh, I want you to come to the United States with me. I'm like, I have like no family outside of the United States. And back then there was no internet in Cuba or anything, mm. right? So I really didn't know what was out there. So I think you only do things like that when you're like 18. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think too much. So I did. I came to the United States after him without any family here, real family anyways. And um, so his family took me as part of their family. Mm. And they are still up to, like, we're not together. I am remarried. And um, his family is still my family, you know, because mm. I went through so much, so many years before I could have my mom or part of my family here. Yeah. But, I mean, growing up in Cuba... At that time, it wasn't too bad. You wouldn't notice a lot yeah. of things, right? You knew what you knew. Exactly. And uh, you had like a lot of like freedoms, like kids will play on the streets, like people won't, won't hurt kids, mm. you know, like people won't be scared if their kids were outside when it was dark. So you will always be like surrounded by people and you will go to the beach and you will do stuff. You know, uh, as a kid, that you probably wouldn't do here. Yeah. I th I blame the news and sensationalism though for that. Yeah, I've ha I had a conversation with someone on a podcast recently where it was I used to go to school, two trains and a bus each way. At the age of twelve, no phone because they didn't exist. Yep, that was never a problem. But then the anxiety of my parents went through the roof the second I got a phone because I'd miss a train. <gasps> Why didn't you message me? I was like, why would I message you? 
I never yeah. did before. I didn't when I was 12. Why would I when I was 16? Yeah. You know? And it's like now no one cares about the de- the time that every kid gets home from school. You know, no one cares about that. But when one goes missing, it's terrifying. Oh, I'm still like, I have a 16-year-old and mm. she's driving around town. And I'm like, when it's dark, I'm like, I you need to be home. I'm calling mm. her. Where are you? Mommy, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm just, you know, like she goes to high school. She's going to college and she works and, you mm. know, like, I, I'm on my way. Don't worry about it. And she doesn't understand, like, why do I get so worried when it's yeah. dark versus when it's not dark? I'm like, you know, like people are not outside a lot mm. at this time. <laughs> and, you know, it's I don't know. I just get. Yeah, it's tricky. It's like because I'm trying to emotionally prepare myself for those years. Like I'm constantly putting myself in that mindset because I know that it'll at least soften the blow a little bit because it it's it's one of those things where you just have to have faith. You know, cuz I'm seeing it even with the in-laws with what I'm doing. And I've seen it with my parents with what I'm doing. They they don't get it, but I just I know this is the right track. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they want the best for you. They want, you know, best for me and everything. But there comes a time where you're just like, fuck, I just hope. You know, I just hope this works out. I hope that nothing goes wrong. Because otherwise, if if you if I squeeze too tight, I'm just gonna pit my future daughter, who's when she's 16. I'm just gonna pit her against me. Yeah, it's not gonna help. And I need to just, I guess, educate and then hope if that makes sense. Like, I mean, I think when I was an 18 year old, the amount of times I got out of being beaten up is astonishing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I I just knew how to get out of the fight. Mm-hmm. When some like I've had, there was three times people tried to rob me. I became their friend somehow, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but and I found the problem was that every time I told my mum a story of what had happened, that only fed her fear. That it started me to stop telling her stuff. Yeah, you know, versus being like, <clears throat> in one example, like this guy came up. Um, I was drunk and i had a skateboard i was 18 we can drink at 18 in, in, <laughs> in australia it was legal um and he's a big islander we call him fobs in australia <laughs> fresh off the boat we call it um he starts being friendly and then he goes give me the board and i'm like man come on like i'm drunk so i have this like bit of confidence but i'm i just go dude try try a trick man like hop on give him a blah 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 and as he's like you know he's like cool cool and i'm like i pick it up i'm like yeah man you have a freaking good night and just walk off keep looking i'm you you're awesome told my mom that not instead of hearing like wow that is a you handled that fantastic it was why were you at that place why were you like here because i was (laughs) you know it just that's not the important part it's the fact that some guy tried to rob me and I got out of it with a skill that I don't even know where I learned that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's the thing I'm trying to figure out with, <laughs> with the daughter in the future where I'm just like, shit, okay, do I teach her Brazilian jiu-jitsu or get her taught that? Because that's the best thing. Do I take her to this guy, Tim Larkin, who fantastic like you gotta read his book it's self-defense but it's real self-defense it's it's the it's not the one two hit his nose like it's it's like gouge your eyes out because you need to figure out if there's life or life or death and the amount of lives he has saved through his training is insane 
I want my daughter to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not the pretty side. It's not how it should be. Like I shouldn't have to teach her this stuff. Yeah. But ain't the world. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, all those things I'm trying to figure out because I know that the internet too of like I see parents with I know some that their their kids have. Um, their phone is basically a tracking device and it dings when they're at the school, it dings when they're at this part. So, sh- you know, these parents know where their kids are at all times. And I'm like, ah, is that necessary? And this is, again, this is coming from someone who's not, I'm coming from the kid's point of view for now, where it, like I hate being tracked mm-hmm. because it, it, for me it feels like it's it's not about concern. I perceive it as you don't trust me. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, it's scary about where the technology will go. Also, I, I mean, I can see where the government ends up becoming like, this is for your protection. You don't want your kids getting away. Would you rather us be able to track them at all times? You're like, yes. And now as adults, they're still being tracked. You know, like there's all those things. But yeah, with the your 16-year-old, I mean, I'm I'm talking about a seven-month-old. So I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know where this thought process is coming from, but... Yeah, and especially driving in Florida, it's it's yeah. some wackies. It, it's not as bad here in Naples. That is Miami's still, wild. Yeah, oh, and she man. does drive in Miami because her dad's uh, still in Miami, mm. so she goes over there and she drives. And I'm like, I don't allow her to go to Miami on her own. Mm. So dad has to come and pick her up, and then I go and pick her up on Sundays. Yeah. Um, but she's like, Mom, it will be so much easier if I drive. I'm like, I cannot. I cannot it's do it. Tr- it's true. It is easier. But yeah, Miami is different. It is. No. I'm like, I even go to Miami and I get like my hands sweaty. <laughs> I'm like, where are these people coming from? Well, they'll drive past. Like you'll be doing 70 and they drive past you like you stopped. Yeah. It's it's wild. It is there. wild. And they're so aggressive. Mm. It's not, it's forget about, like I have been in other cities where, you know, like they are driving fast or whatever, but they leave you alone. These They don't leave you alone here. Yeah. They're like trying to call you. And they were like, okay, do you want to pass? Do I yeah. just break? What do you need? Well, the whole thing of like giving enough space between the car in front of you, it's annoying because I always want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, one, I'm not in a rush because as, as soon as a red light comes, I'm right behind that car anyway. Yep. I don't need to be tailgating. I know. But you leave a gap and then someone goes, boom, you're like, oh. And I then know. You, and then I go back from that person. Someone else comes <laughs> in. I'm like, oh, dude, now, sudden you're going in the wrong no, yeah, I'm driving back. I'm driving home somehow. I was meant to go to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, but I mean, LA was like that. That's where I learned what I term LA driving, where it's, it's like, did you ever watch Family Guy? No. Ah. Uh, this joke, it's it's a stereotype, so it can be perceived as racist, but it's quite funny. <laughs> so I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, it was the classic, um, you know how, so Peter Griffin, he always will, he'll say something like, oh, that's like blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And then it'll do a cutaway. And he goes, uh, he goes, man, that's as safe as, what was it? It was something along the lines of, that's as safe as an Asian lady on the freeway in California. Mm-hmm. And it cuts this lady. She goes, oh, no, I need to cut across six lanes of traffic. Good luck, everybody. <laughs> All of a sudden, seven car pile up. <laughs> but that's what, like, because LA is like that. It's just like, oh, I gotta be over there. Sorry, guys. And it's like, good luck. Yeah. You know? And yep. meanwhile, they're like tailgating at 80 miles an hour because a six car pile up in Australia is like unheard of. He, LA, it's like, I went there and I went, no wonder. I travel a lot 
and I see like, you know, like uh, in many other countries, like how they like this lower vehicles, they drive on the right side and even the ones that are going fast, they are passing you, but they still come back to the right. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen here. Mm. I have to take Imokali Road every day. And it's like these three freaking trucks everywhere <laughs> from the landscaping companies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're all driving at the same pace and then people are trying to cut. And yeah. it's like, you see like all the things happening behind them to try to get past. And I'm like, people, why don't you know, like you're mm. both, the three of you are going at the same speed. Why don't you just take the right lane and let the other people go over it? No. Yeah. No, don't well, the, care. It's, I, I learned how to navigate traffic when I was a bartender who worked like back when I was 19 because I learned to look ahead five, six people walking through a crowd and I just pick my spots. Mm -hmm. And so my friend who would be like, you know, he'd beeline it straight there and whoop, he's straight there, but then he gets stuck behind a crowd of three people or whatever. And, he's like, ah! and I'd be like, dum, 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 dum. But it was like a, a, like a little maze. I do that with traffic now, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it's, it's carried on a decade beyond working in bars where same thing. I'm not speeding, you know, doing the classic five miles an hour over, which is hilarious that that's okay. That's it's, okay. It's a right. speed suggestion. It's not a speed <laughs> limit. Okay, guys, let's, we need to change the name. It's not a speed limit. It's a speed suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I watch someone like aggressively cutting and going everywhere. And I'm like, all right, so that truck's traveling a little bit faster. So I'm going to go, mm, jum, jum, jum. I'll go. And like, I, I don't change lanes often. But he's like erratic, erratic, changing yeah. all the time. I'm ahead of this dude. And I'm like, hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love when people cut me off. And then I somehow get in front of them. And I'm just like, hey. <laughs> um, but it's the same with, I guess, even with business. That translates there. Like you're better off sometimes to, you go 20% slower to get ahead 80%. Mm -hmm. Oh, there is nothing worse for a business than unprepared growth. Mm that it's a uh, i see it a lot as a business killer mm. you're doing so well then you're doing like like me this year i am not taking a lot of new clients mm. you know like i need to i i have realized i need to find more people for my team i need to do these yeah. i'm also need time to finally put together the rebranding and there are some other things that i need to do i cannot then support the 100% growth that I have seen in the last three years, every mm. year, you know? Yeah. So we're growing, but we're growing at our own pace. And sometimes, sometimes I feel like business owners are driven more by the circumstances mm -hmm. and the business itself than they actually, you know, it's like if you're going on a boat and you just put an autopilot. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's whatever it's going to take you. Mm -hmm. You're not even setting up a GPS or anything like it. It's just like, go. Yeah. And many business owners drive the boat like that. Yeah. They are not the captain of the boat. They just, you know, go with the flow and um, they crash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the cool thing too is like knowing your limits and there's a book called Oversubscribed. Mm -hmm. That one changed my, th my thought process, which was, Always aim to be oversubscribed. So this is where attention is currency becomes into it. So for example, I know right now I can take on a certain amount of clients before it gets too much work to juggle my marketing, their marketing, and my editor. Mm -hmm. 
before I need to start looking for someone. So my goal is to become oversubscribed and I've got, you know, oversubscribed means there's more people wanting to buy my stuff, but they can't right now, which mm-hmm. everyone loves that at an unattainable thing, you know? Yep. Two things happen. The second I hire someone, I can take on and, you know, all those people or at least a chunk of them because hopefully I'm more oversubscribed than even my next step. But also when you're oversubscribed, you can actually charge a slightly bigger premium because now you've got more, you know, supply and demand basically. And in this book, they use an example of personal training and, you know, personal training is always, oh, the industry standard is at 75 for an hour and blah, blah, blah. This one guy in the UK went, I'm going to target billionaires only. And so he targeted billionaires and it's like, I think it's like a hundred grand a year US subscription. Mm-hmm. Only takes eight people. But once you got one, like he's already making six figures from one. Yep. And so he even then has a six, he has this, a three to six month waiting list. So if a billionaire is like, hey, I'd love to pay you a hundred grand a, a year, you need to wait three to six months, mate. <laughs> like, yep. um, and so that's, that's great that you're doing that because it'll only create more, especially now with what it sounds like you're looking to do now, which is also grow your brand awareness that you can build that, those eyeballs. Mm -hmm. And then once you go, Hey, we can take on 10 clients. You got 30, 40 people applying. Great. Pick the cream of the crop. Cool. We've selected them. Great. Locked off again. Keep working on the eyeballs. Keep them going again. Hey, we're another 10. So it's like that. You're not um, overworked Mm -hmm. so that, you know, you can still create a good product and build that reputation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, because you're right. So many people take that. I I used to be able to do that. Oh, stretch myself out this way. Late 20s, I figured out, all right, cool. Pull it in, bro. (laughs) Yeah. And you can only do it for so long. There's only so many hours during the day and Mm -hmm. there's only one of you. So Also, if you're, if you're, if you can service, say, 10 people and you're trying to do 12, now you're known to not do the full job. Mm -hmm. Those 12 will become 10, will become eight, will become six, especially in this area where, again, your reputation is like, yeah, he's good, but, Mm -hmm. or she's good, but, you know? Yeah. I, I, I get a lot of those clients where they come back, um, they come to my table and they have had an experience with another CPA and they're like, they're good. They don't even know if they're good or not. And I see the work and they're not good. But it's, they it, think they're good because they don't flexion. understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're good. They're good, Versus, but oh, they don't good. return my calls. <clears throat> oh. You can always tell by the inflection though. They're good versus, oh, they're good. Yeah. There's, there's the head versus like the head voice versus the the funny diaphragm. story i have one of uh one client she has been with me for a year now um six figure tax liability mm-hmm. um she comes to the table and she's like my cpa is really good and really proactive but so and so told me that i needed to talk to you hmm. i'm like okay let me see what we can do Da-da-da. she's on the advisory uh, uh services she wants to do uh, key employee succession, like we're planning for all of it. This lady had one commercial building and five Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. Any CPA, I will expect any CPA to see that and be like, oh, there is a potential cost segregation study here. Mm. It's like you don't have to think much about it. 
And this lady was telling me that her CPA was very good and very proactive. <clears throat> her tax liability this year was uh, actually a refund. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, so tell me again how proactive your CPA was. <laughs> I didn't even like had to go like, oh, super creative. Like, mm. oh, let's invent this entire wheel. No, no, no. It was like the easiest, simple strategy. But mm. clients don't know what they don't know. That's the thing. Yeah, and it's that's a good way, the reputation. And you need to know as... <clears throat> that's why I ask so many questions, even outside, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I've got... Because, again, it's like, it just ask, all right, I've heard about this. Hey, I, I think as well, not... There's no such thing as a dumb question. Yep, I agree. You know? Um, because, again, it's like, if I think it's dumb and I don't ask it, and then it turns out not asking it was dumb, I'm going to feel like two dumbs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and maybe, but I think that's maybe something with a lot of people. Like, they do it, set and forget. Um, or they're afraid that not gonna, like, they might offend the person if they ask, you know, hey, I heard about this. <gasps> I think if someone gets offended, you should be worried. Mm -hmm. Like, wait, wait, why, why are you offended that I'm, like, if you can't answer it, mm-hmm. Or if they come in guns blazing with their response, like, oh, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. You're like, oh, hey, hold on. <laughs> You're a bit defensive on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, but in your industry, there's so much to know. Actually, every industry there is, but it, it feels like there's something changing all the time, mm -hmm. um, which, again, is why I'm such a firm believer, just, just pay the person. Because <laughs> you're right. You can sort of keep up to – like, I can keep up to date with social media. Like, there's – a lot of people giving out content on ideas and stuff, which is still do doesn't, it means something, but it also doesn't because, I mean, the advice I'm giving to everyone in Naples area, you can go on the internet and find it. Yeah. It's nothing yeah. super crazy. One, do they have the time to go and look for it? Two, do they have the time to execute it? But it's at the same time very personalized because mm. it's it's not a it's not one box fix everyone. And yeah. I see it all like even my husband sends me stuff and says like, "Hey, do you know this?" <laughs> 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 From people that are not even CPAs, I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of know something about it." <laughs> um, S corps that is the big sample. People mm. are like, "You don't want to pay taxes? Do an S corp?" You know, like. It, it does takes away part of the self-employment taxes. What they don't tell you is that you still need to draw a salary because it's a requirement. Like the officers are active on the S-Corps. They need to draw a salary. It has to be reasonable compensation. And now you are stuck with a return that, you know, there are certain things that needs to happen. For example, if there's more than one shareholder, the distributions need to be, according to the percentage of ownership. So this person kind of takes more money than what they should be taking or mm. the other person should have taken the, the same amount. A lot of things happen there. Now you, you're stuck with running payroll. There is a payroll expense now that you need to take into consideration. So does it make sense for every single person to open a business and do an escort? No, mm. not in my opinion. And I can show you with numbers why not. And I know it's painful because the self-employment taxes are high. But when I put them together, I'm like, you're still paying it. Mm. Just just plan better. Let's just, you know, do your quarterlies. Let's just 
understand more of the business. Let's understand what write-offs you can take. And, you know. Yeah. So if, because that one's, that, I think that's like my next step, because I've got an LLC right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so if, is it like, say, for example, a business is bringing in six figures, is it, is it like a, a sweet spot. Is it I a sweet spot? I usually see it fifty to seventy thousand dollars net income. Net it, income. Net income. It starts making sense. Mm-hmm. Same thing with C corps. C corps are taxed at twenty one percent. So everyone is like, "That it's amazing." Why I'm not a C corp? I only see it making sense tax liability wise. Usually, when you're about two million dollars net income. For a C-Corp. Okay. Yeah. So. And net income, do you mean with that, that's like, obviously you gross minus all expenses. expenses. And so are you looking more in, by net, is that like, for example, say, say I'm a sole, I work for myself, mm-hmm. the sole proprietor. And I have an S, uh, an LLC, <clears throat> and I'm bringing in a hundred grand, but I'm only paying myself sorry i'm bringing 100 grand 30 grand in expenses but i'm only paying myself 40 and there's 30 left over do you mean that do the wages take away 40 uh and so the net's 30 like people get confused on like what is net income versus cash Mm -hmm. right what is the cash that i have in the bank that's what i how much or the money that I took out of the business, is that how much net income is? It's not that. And there aren't many things that you need to take into consideration there, for example. Uh, a very quick example. You have a car inside of the business. Well, you have the the expense of paying the loan, but that is not considered part of your expenses for the net income. Only the interest part is because of the <laughs> accounting world. You're changing money for the more ownership of the car, mm. right? So more equity inside of that car. So um, it's not relatively of the cash. It's more like this is your gross sales and what are the allowable expenses that you mm. will take out of those gross sales. That's what your net income is. 2021, 2022, meals is a special treatment because of COVID. They want to, you know, incentivize the restaurant industry. So if you eat at a restaurant, you get a hundred percent deduction for your meals. Uh, usually, it's fifty percent. So for you, you pay a hundred percent for that meal. But when I'm gonna take it as a deduction for any other year than 2021 or 2022, I only allowed to take, per IRS rules, fifty percent of those. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not the cash that you pay. It's it's more like which ones are allowed as a deduction and on which line do they go. Okay. It's so freaking confusing. This is why I pay people. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because that's what I'm trying to figure out. You know, I'm trying to think the one-year, two-year, three-year game. Because I've heard people suggest S-Corps, <clears throat> LLC, C-Corps, bit of a game. Um, we're getting the, we're getting the wrap up, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I'm trying to figure out the next few moves. Mm-hmm. So I've got a million more questions for you outside of this. Probably <laughs> we're getting wrapped up, though, guys. Uh, we're about, about to close VentureX, so I need to get out. So uh, Sui, do you prefer to be called Sui or Yami? I don't mind. Uh, yami is what everyone 
calls me when I'm、mm. not in trouble. So, oh, your America when you're really in trouble. When I'm really in trouble, that's my mom. It will be your America. <laughs>、uh, so, where can they find you if they wanted to get in touch?、Um, you can find me online,、mm-hmm. uh, yoursouthwestfloridacpa.com. Uh, you can call the office two three nine six three one five three zero five. That's usually Deb, my assistant. She's amazing, so she makes sure that everyone gets the proper attention.、Mm, perfect. And guys, if you didn't catch that, the descri- it's in the description. And、uh, if you haven't already subscribed, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell as well if you're on Spotify or on what is it, YouTube. And、uh, we'll see you guys soon. Bye for now. Thank you to Yami. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Alrighty, woo.